Welcome to the Metaversible Podcast, chronicling the journey of reaching the metaverse through blockchain, digital art, and virtual reality. Welcome back to the Metaversible Podcast, where we explore the art and the science of the metaverse, this digital world in which we live in. Again, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Cochran, and I am always joined by my co-host and best friend, Ron Eddings. Let's jump right into the metaverse. And I think it's time to take another red pill and dive right in. Who do we have with us today, Ron? Today, we have Shrimp in the podcast studio with us. Shrimp is the head chef and co-founder of Rare Pizzas and partner at Notorious Frogs, which is building the Frogland Metaverse. Shrimp, welcome to the Metaversible podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. So first, I, we usually talk immediately into the Metaverse, but your background is just too fantastic to skip over. Tell us a little bit about what you've done in your career, and then let's get to your journey through the metaverse. Yeah, I'd love to talk about my background a little bit. I was a engineering background or engineering major in college, but really had a love for story, narrative art, and how technology intersects um, all those mediums. So I set my focus on visual effects and working for George Lucas. That was my lifelong goal and being uh, on the Star Wars crew, which I happened to land right out of college. So there's nothing better than messing you up than hitting your lifelong dream, like right out of college. <laughs> right. And so that took me on a 10 year journey at um, Industrial Light and Magic, where I was able to supervise effects uh, such as the Patronus, uh, Harry Potter's Patronus in yes. uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. And which I was nominated for a visual effects award for that. And I also was the dead Jedi in episode two and was almost Darth Vader in episode three, but I was a half inch too short. Oh no. Yeah. It was a, it was an unfortunate aspect when they're, when they ask you to be Darth Vader and you're like, yes, this is, this is the pinnacle. And then they're like, how, how tall are you? Five, <laughs> ten and a half? Oh, you have to be five eleven. Like what? Uh, <laughs> you couldn't stand on your toes. You couldn't make I that know. happen. <laughs> a half inch isn't, it's not going to matter. But the dead Jedi was actually probably my best performance because I just sat on the blue screen and it was action, you know, cut and rap right there all in 10 seconds. Wow. Uh, so yeah. And, I then bumped around a little bit in uh, digital animation, uh, digital animation space with Robert Zemeckis. I helped uh, launch his Image Movers Digital Studio with an individual who later joined me on uh, Frogland, and then also was a creative director in um, experiential design. So I launched the Michael Jackson hologram that was uh, in, in the Billboard Music Awards in 2014, built the Nineteen Crimes uh, talking wine bottle yeah. AR app. And then right before pandemic, I was building an Arizona Sunshine uh, metaverse uh, that was a walkable VR space. So all of you know this meandering, meandering career kind of pointed towards NFTs when I discovered them by accident 
uh, because I was unemployed, <laughs> as all good CG artists eventually find themselves and yeah. discovered it on Clubhouse. Wow, that's incredible. And what's crazy for me is that I spent the majority of my career in technology, but I've always had this creative spirit. I've always been a storyteller. I've always been an artist in one way or another. But it wasn't really until podcasting came along. It wasn't until the metaverse really came to the forefront of society that I was able to to bring those two things together. But it sounds like you've been bringing technology and art together for a long, long time. So what does it mean to you to see this, this almost wave of change in society when you see this converge of art and technology and NFTs? Yeah. So the way I like to describe the NFT market to everyone who doesn't understand it which is everyone at least in my my world it's that it is a it's a four-legged stool and any one of the four legs if it is missing will not probably not constitute um something that will make news but if all four legs are there we're talking a board ape or punks or even bigger uh, and and those comprise of first the technology the cryptographers and Solidity devs that are pushing the space are really, I mean, not only are they pushing it technologically, but they're pushing it legally, uh, which is amazing. We're trying to break down borders and really build a, a decentralized world. But that is very technical and in, in almost decoupled from art to a point where if you don't have the other leg, which is attractive, interesting, or memeable art, without those two components, you don't you can't uh, present it as a, a picture or you can't present it as a technical solution. Um, but there are, are two other very interesting components and one is performative. I consider part of the NFT space to be a performance. Just look at any Discord server. If they're not putting on a performance, then they're probably not active. Even Shiba Coin, right. uh, it is really interesting right now because... There's not a lot behind it other than the fact that it has an active community and Correct. they consider that to be very valuable. And the last bit is, at least in the collectible space, is scarcity. And what the blockchain builds is a sense of scarcity in an infinitely abundant world. And without proper scarcity, proper trait building in the collectible space, you're not going to build in the psychological notion of FOMO or fear of missing out or unable to acquire such objects. And in the projects and individuals that I've worked with, I found if any one of those four components are missing or not thought through, the project's probably going to have a lot harder time seeing uh, success. You know, when, when I think about the word metaverse, I can't imagine metaverse without a community. It almost seems like it's the universe. There has to be this community aspect to it. But also, there's got to be other components to this thing that we know as a metaverse. I think you're probably one of the most qualified people to define what this means, or at least what it means to you. How would you define metaverse to someone that's not as deep in the field as you are? Wow. Yeah, this is... Um... This is a topic that we debate, argue, and you know sometimes comes to blows at <laughs> within our own circles. Um, <laughs> a metaverse to me is a a replacement of the social glue that 
binds us in the real world, but in the digital space. So I'll give you an example. Right now, we are building a metaverse for Frogland, uh, for the NFT frogs. It's actually called New Pangea, but there's a, a land in there called Frogland. So I just refer to Frog, Frogland, but I call it um, the metaverse. And there are so many views and perspectives on what a metaverse make that almost any one of them doesn't make a metaverse. And I'll give you an example, like being in a room and socializing with friends. Well, that's great, but can I bring my NFTs in and present them as property or decorate my space within that metaverse? Can I interact? Can I transact? Can I barter? Can I use the DeFi um, and decentralized uh, financial system to interact in the meta world as I would in the real world? Likewise, um, can I modify it? How much agency do I have on the outside of the world as I do on the inside? And uh, as we were discussing with our third-party developers who's, who's developing the, the metaverse, the best way I framed it was, we have all this discussion happening on our Discord and an active, thriving community. How do we get that community off of the keyboard and into the metaverse? Because what we're building is basically a Discord, and I consider Discord a metaverse in some sense. Yeah. Any of these metaverses can take, borrow, and combine any of those pillars, and I believe there there is enough room for any blend of style of metaverse, depending on your personality type. I completely agree with that. There's one thing that really excites me but then also it's terrifying all at the same time is this concept of detachment from reality so when you look at folks on even something as simple as twitter there is like a detachment of empathy people find it easy to talk about other people and they they say all kinds of inflammatory remarks and then the more we get go down this metaverse the more enticing it's going to be and right now it really seems pretty happy. It's pretty jovial. You do have some folks that are trying to manipulate, defraud folks. But for the most part, everyone seems to be really happy and excited about the space. But my concern is that the mm -hmm. more people get into the space, the, the more people that they kind of sort of want to do it only because everybody else is doing it, the more it's going to bring that positivity down. And I feel like that once everybody starts living online, there's that going to be that ultimate detachment Their their self-worth in the re reality is going to be much different because in the metaverse, they might be unbelievably rich. They might be unbelievably beautiful, but they might not feel that way in reality. Do you have any of those concerns as we tumble down this metaverse path? Absolutely. And it's, it's interesting that you bring that up because early on when we were building the, the notorious frog NFT project, uh, we, chose frogs because of their androgynous nature and we can blend almost a non-binary alpha male alpha female beta male beta female uh and anything in between um because a frog is a creature that we project all of these different gender types on in characters and and illustrations and we felt like there was no better way to be inclusive than to make an avatar that could fit a personality that of which you would be like. Now, that doesn't address the intentions or the unintentional, um, how, how would I put it, the human 
nature of uh, racism, misogyny, and all of those traits that that um, maybe are human, but they they are unattractive and and they have no place in in our society. And the way we have really addressed that is to empower individuals as moderators that um, self police and and do their job of moderating a community and cultivating um, a sense of uh, diversity and inclusion. Uh, and that's always been our number one goal. In fact, of our founding team of, I want to say six or seven people, there are six people, two of them are very strong females and they have very strong opinions. And in fact, one of them is designing our metaverse. And we look at every single decision and ask, how, like, what happens if this happens? What happens if that happens? Is this going to uh, go over poorly? Uh, and we think about it. And I think it's a big issue. It is. It, it's going to become the next 4chan if uh, the metaverse could become the next 4chan if, if right. we're not careful and we don't, as a community, insist on a sense of decorum when it comes to that. And I wanted to talk a little bit about this metaverse that you're creating. I, I know that you called it New Pangea. What are some of the elements that you're really hoping that you all can bring into this metaverse, this new world that your team is creating? Okay, so here's what's exciting about this. We pitched to the NFT community. Uh, this project is going to go to fund our uh, our metaverse, but we don't know really what we're building yet because a metaverse means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So we have opened the floodgates to our community and allowed them to comment, help craft and create this metaverse. And they have told us largely what they want. So in our world, it's very much set in a noir 1930s gangster theme where the notorious frogs are the central community that's running uh, contraband between other NFT communities. So uh, we have um, one of our partners, the Gutter Cats, you know, we may be running catnip back and forth to them. <laughs> there are some other ones that I can't announce yet that, that we may also have uh, some contraband. And it's really a, kind of a fun cosplay uh, type of universe with a little bit of mystery, actually a lot of mystery. There's a murder that happens. We have uh, Dungeons and Dragon style traits attached to each frog. And um, the we play test games in our Discord uh, and some that are emerging will probably end up being modules. Like there's a, there's a whole group of, of frogs that want chicken fights because chickens, frogs, uh, chickens eat frogs. So the frogs want nothing more to do than to have their chickens and and to uh, <laughs> wager them against each other. Uh, and there's a whole uh, stash house where a bunch of stuff happens and then another frog burned it down. No, another frog called them out on the Discord and so they burned it down and then now they're they're forming a whole nother secret stash house. So our communities are, are very active, uh, astoundingly. And it's all run by my former colleague at Disney, uh, when we met at Zemeckis' studio and I brought him on to kind of lead the community with the other frog partner. What's her name? <laughs> I know her real name, but I can't remember her, her, <laughs> her digital name. So I'm not going to dox her. Uh, Ajax. And they they have really 
not only congealed the community, but then teased a part like, what do you guys want? What do you want to play? So we're really excited. Our first demo is going to be coming out um, at the hopefully the end of the year, crossing our fingers. And um, we'll see if if the community is feeling like they're getting what they're asking for. But largely, we're taking their comments and we're making something that they can live in and enjoy being in. So talk us through this like creative feeling that you have, because, I mean, you started with FX. I mean, making a Patronus uh-huh. is definitely powerful and, and I'm sure it, it blew people's minds. But in the grand scheme of this universe, it was relatively small, like in, in comparison to all the different characters and the locations and things like that. But then you go and now you're a part of this. It's more than a metaverse at this point. It's a multi-metaverse. If you look at the different metaverses or different areas that you can create on Ethereum, and then that, that doesn't even include the additional coins that are also creating their own lands and things like that. Yes. How does it feel to be creating an entire world unto itself? Oh, well, this this is definitely my true G- dream job. You know, I always joked that uh, there's nothing ruining my dream job more than showing up to it every day. And <laughs> and this one is created uh, partially in my garage and with people that I just recently met at NYC NFT. And before that, had already done two projects with them and yet to actually meet them. But this, this was framed. I'm glad you mentioned the Patronus in that because that has framed a lot of the way uh, I have uh, accepted the NFT community and they've accepted me. And I was on the behind the scenes DVD for Harry Potter. If you still have a DVD player, you can probably dig it up and <laughs> navigate your way through Diagon Alley or something and find me talking about the Patronus. And before I sat down to record that video, uh, a much former younger version of myself was uh, at the kind of the peak of his career, you know, fresh out of college, but like designing something like that was um, what we call a gravestone moment. You know, when you die, it's on your gravestone. Right. Uh, and like, and Shaver, you know, design the Patronus. And so I sat down and the director of the video was like, okay, yeah, just talk about it. And I'm like, but what, you know, what do you want to know? And he's like, you, you realize that this movie in JK Rowling's universe is doesn't really mean anything. So you can just say whatever you want. Like, (laughs) and I'm like, Oh man, how deflating. But I, that moment has stuck with me because what she built was a universe. And yes, the Patronus is just a component of that. And real quick. Yeah. Go ahead. That don't know what a Patronus is. Can you please (laughs) describe I, I Googled it. I'm not a huge Harry Potter buff. Sure. But oh, wait, you haven't seen the movies, Ron. I've seen I've seen a few of them. I haven't seen okay. all the Harry Potter movies. Yes. Okay. So, so the Patronus is the wand effect that each wizard uh, conjures up. And uh, it has, I guess, their power animal. And, you know, I'm not a huge Harry Potter person. You were on the movie. I'm going to reveal it here. I have yet to see Prisoner of Azkaban all the way through. Like, I've only skipped to my part. <laughs> like a uh, true creative. <laughs> a true creative. It's like, man, it's like uh, having to eat your own you know, homework and, like, right. and get correct it. And then after having to redo it all over again. No, I haven't seen a lot of the movies that I've worked on. But um, sometimes I do. Uh, anyway, the point being is that it is the kind of the innermost spell of a wizard, and it 
it conjures up um, this power animal. And and for uh, Harry Potter, it was a stag. And it was a moment in the movie where um, he was his life force was getting sucked out of him by the Dementors, which were the antagonists. Uh, and there was, I think, a time travel moment where he thought he was seeing his father, but he was really seeing himself. Uh, and so it was a pivotal point in uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. All the Harry Potter people are probably like rolling around going, oh, my God, who is this jackass? Because he does not even know Harry Potter, yet he worked on it. Um, so I apologize. <laughs> don't, I do meet, don't meet your heroes, kids. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, but it, like on to the to the metaverse, like Bugs and I, Bugs is the uh, other partner who created, I would say, the narrative director of Notorious Frogs. He and I have been a collaborator, collaborators for about 10 years now. We've written two or three screenplays together. We were actually prepping to pitch a series to Netflix um, right before the pandemic hit uh, and and then when we discovered NFTs, we're like, wow, this this is actually where entertainment is going. I mean, yes, yeah, streaming, sure. Everyone's going to watch movies. Everyone's going to eventually go back to the theaters. But but this addressable market right now is as big as the internet um, or, or will be as big as the internet. Right now, it's maybe 50,000, 100,000 people, maybe even a million at the most. But the metaverse is really small. And it's a place where we can hone our performance um capabilities our narrative capabilities and then mix in gaming and technology as well and it's just it's such a wonderful playground um that i am really excited to see where it all ends up so i gotta ask since we were on the topic of patronus what would be yours (laughs) (laughs) well mine would have to be uh, a shrimp, of course. Nice. <laughs> uh, not a vrimp because I'm not vegetarian. However, someone just said, you know, you should check out vrimps. It's the, <laughs> um, yeah. What is what is my Patronus? I would say uh, a, a free spirit. I I'm definitely someone who's been willing to take risks throughout my career, and it has allowed me to meet wonderful people like yourself and the NFT community and rare pizzas. And had I not had an open freer mind to, to ape into a project that I had just no clue (laughs) and really just put 110% of my effort into, I don't think I would be benefiting from uh, this podcast. Um, And it's, it is what you put into it. And um, you know, it takes a lot to conjure Patronus, like all all of your life force. So <laughs> there we go. A shrimp. <laughs> a free spirited shrimp. That it just wants, <laughs> exactly. I just want to swim free in the ocean. Pacific, hopefully. <laughs> you know, on that same note, we're going to be bringing in these metaverses into life. You're already doing that with your, with your new project, a part of Froglands. But I also wanted to ask you, what are some things that you're hoping to bring in to the metaverse from a selfish standpoint? Like what are some of the the things that you want to see when it comes to the marketplace or objects that you can interact with in the metaverse or even like the community aspect? What is that one selfish piece or use case that you're hoping to see in the future? So I am all about giving opportunity to people who have not had opportunities. And uh, for me, NFTs literally saved my life. I was... Uh, 
at an animation studio. I I knew I, I was on a six month contract. They were in South Africa. The only reason they hired me was because they I couldn't move there <laughs> and they wanted me there. But they lost their funding and it was like yet another project that had lost its funding and I was unemployed. Uh, and as a as a digital artist, I may have these wonderful credits uh, that everyone can can um, enjoy. But it's incredibly difficult as an artist to work on those types of projects and not see the benefit of them. Uh, I, have I seen any residual from that DVD? No. Uh, would George Lucas ever know that I did what I did for him? Absolutely not. Uh, and as an artist, what I was facing was a career of desolation. And that meant that I would have to, once a pandemic opened up, I would have to uproot my family and move to countries wherever and take my kids out of school. And, and that was really not a good place. Uh, when, when you're starting to age out of a young person's game, um, there's a lot of concern, fear, safety, like how, how do I continue on as an artist? And NFTs came to me at that point when I could now uh, not only maybe make a living doing this, but expand my network and use my skills outside of a, an oppressive top-down militaristic Hollywood s system. So what I would love to see is a way to open up NFT marketplaces to... Um, children and people that uh that are disadvantaged and that may not have a way to get their foot into hollywood mine was by accident and by simple confusion someone thought i was someone else so they gave me the job i mean but that's just luck right but the nft marketplace is all about the hustle it's all about being yourself it's all about personality and that theater performative aspect can make anyone in the space successful and it and you don't have to necessarily be an artist because by being a performance person, you are an artist. You're just one leg of that stool. I see this as being the new way teams are formed, the new way people are paid, uh, and the new way that um, that innovation is created. I couldn't agree more. And it's crazy. I, we've been in this game for about a couple months, but now we are like the veterans going around doing talks on this stuff, you know, because we had to go so deep into it in order to do this podcast. And I, actually, this is like a chronicling of our exposure to the metaverse. But what's so cool about it is that the universe right now is so small and that there's so few projects, even though it seems like there's a lot, but really in the grand scheme of things, if we look at the metaverse 20 years from now, this is going to seem like the very small uh, beginning of the big bang. And in 20 years, it's going to be the expansion of the universe. And so right now is the time to really get to know the, the pioneers of this entire world. What would you have to say to the folks out there that have been interested in it. They don't know exactly what they want to do and they might even want to create their own world. What is that one piece of advice that you would have for that person? Very succinctly, join a bigger project and become a contributing member. I'll give you a perfect example. Rare Pizzas is a DAO that was the one that I helped form. And we bring people, pizza trainees, we call them. We ask them, 
what are you good at and what do you have time for? And whatever it is, we put them to work. For Rare Pizzas, we threw the largest pizza party in the world on Bitcoin Pizza Day in over 60 countries and over 350 cities. Wow. Uh, on almost every continent. And we did that with 100% volunteers um, on the same day. It was a massive effort. Everyone in my circle who has asked, how can I get involved? I point them to that particular server but that's not the only place and like hey there's if you, you need to take note you can take notes right okay take notes for our dow meetings and post them just be helpful roll up your sleeves just like any other volunteering opportunity and um people will recognize your intelligence your output and your um thoughtfulness and that's the way you get started. This space is so deep. It's, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like you, you're OGs and it's only been a couple of months. <laughs> yeah. And the only way to learn it is to just be involved and, and show up. Just show up and, and roll up your sleeves. That's all. Incredible. Shrimp, thank you so much. This is oh, such an, an excellent episode. Uh, for folks that want to stay up to date with you, Stay up to date with Rare Pizzas. Stay up to date with Frogland. What are the best ways that people can do that? Yeah, so my Twitter is at uh, Anthony Schaefer. That's A-N-T-H-O-N-Y-S-H-A-F-E-R or at NFT Shrimp. Uh, I think my website has expired because I forgot to pay the bill. So it's anthonyshafer.com once it's back up. And um, follow me on Twitter, Rare Pizzas. Just Google it frogland notorious frogs of frogland uh you can google that as well i'll be launching some new nfts in the future and um i will be happy to help anyone out there navigate the waters because if it wasn't for uh good friends that i would take bullets for you know i would not be able to be here and i like to pay it forward so um hit me up and and thank you again for for having me this was fantastic it was fantastic having you. For all of those listening, grab a pizza, grab a frog, <laughs> and stay in touch with shrimp. Thank you so much. And with that, we'll see everyone in the metaverse on our next episode. See you next time. Thank you.